If you're a driven, active person who wants to reach and pursue a higher quality life with some ambition, then guess what? This podcast is for you. This is the Driven Athlete Podcast. What's up, y'all? It's your man, Dr. Kyle, with the Driven Athlete Podcast. Got a cool topic today that I feel like I get a lot of questions with this from a lot of our patients, all right, and people that we work with. But strength training is resistance training, all right? When we say resistance training, what we mean is like strength training using any kind of resistance, bands, weights, dumbbells, barbells, anything just with gravity, all right? Gravity eliminated type of workouts would be something like swimming, all right? Because there's not much gravity involved, we can't leverage and utilize the benefits that comes with that, with resistance training. So we get a lot of questions with this. So strength training and why it's important and why it's a, we're big advocates for implementing some strength training, resistance training, and anyone in a lot of people, most everybody's type of either sports activity or just their whole life and longevity. So I wanted to talk today about why. Like, why is it a benefit to incorporate some kind of strength training programming involved in your life? And what benefits are brought because of that for human beings? All right, Because across the board, there seems to be a lot of research to defend and um, advocate for strength training. So I'm going to go over a couple of uh, things on the list. All right. So first and foremost, especially with the older population, like... Um, uh, especially women, all right, is osteoporosis, osteopenia, all right, the the thinning or decreased bone mineral density for the long bones, especially femur, humerus, the arm bone or a leg bone, all right, there seems to be a trajectory for women more so than men for developing osteopenia and, and then later maybe osteoporosis, all right, and it's just thinning of the bone mineral density of their bones, all right, the research is finding that strength training and resistance training really helps to slow the progression or lower the risk of osteopenia and then into osteoporosis from developing. And strength training actually increases bone mineral density. So there's a bone mineral density increase that's been found for appropriate and long-term type of training for strength training and resistance training in men and women. So bone mineral density is a huge one. Um, another big benefit is tendon tensile strength and musculotendinous junction tensile strength. So the, the likelihood of a tendon or a muscle belly, a musculotendinous junction for strains and tears decreases significantly if we incorporate some kind of strength training involved in their programming or just their life. All right. So imagine for out of system activities where it's like you're traveling and you're picking up a huge bag of luggage. Um, you're like, I'm going to lift this, lift this to the overhead bin. Boom. Oh, my shoulder. Like oh, I just pulled something right. Exercise and resistance training appropriately has been found to lower the risk and likelihood for strains and tears and stuff for out of system, um, normal activity of daily life type of things. Um, and then over randomly, if you have kids and you're, and you're um, active moms and dads, like we try to be, all right, um, playing soccer in the front yard, throwing the football, playing baseball, running on the beach, wrestling or whatever, um, being an active functional person for parents, middle-aged parents, less likelihood of straining or tearing something if you're just going to be an active mom or dad, all right. I actually had a buddy, okay, he was um, a little bit, about 10 to 12 years my senior, all right, so he's a little more experience in life at this point in, in, in stage, and um, he was telling me, he's like, Kyle, just don't lose it, man. This guy was a um, two-sport athlete in college, all right, he was a high-level athlete. We used to play kickball and uh, men's softball league together back in the day. This was a while back, back in my days in Houston, all right, and this guy was a cool guy. 
but he was a track athlete. And he's like, Kyle, he's like, oh, man, I'm so stiff. I'm like, oh, man, I just can't move around and function with my kids. Like, I can't run like I want to. So stay on top of it. I'm like, what do you mean? Right? I'm all ears. Tell me what you mean. I, I'm living vicariously and trying to heed advice from people who are wiser and more experienced than me. All right? So tell me what you mean. He's like, just don't lose it. Just don't lose your mobility and don't lose your strength or your fitness capacity, your capacity to just tolerate high-level fitness activity. Just don't lose it. And I was like, well, what do you, tell me more. And he's like, when you stop, there's a swift decline in the fitness capacity and joint mobility and tolerance to uh, physical activity. So just don't stop doing it. Keep it implemented and incorporating it in your life. And I'll tell you why. And I was like, yeah, what, what do you mean? So he was like, I've noticed a significant decline in myself and my tolerance to just doing stuff that I used to be able to do that and now I can't. It's like, if you just didn't stop, then you would maintain it. Like pro athletes that are in their late 30s and they're still grinding and jumping and uh, NBA players, as an example, or soccer players, whatever. They're, they just didn't stop. They maintained it. All right. So anyway, this guy was saying the same thing. And I was like, well, when did you feel that significant difference? All right. For your life, you're a high level athlete in the past and now you're noticing some changes. When did you notice that? He said, on my 40th birthday, I had a birthday party. Our, our friends came. My kids were there. We were playing. We we're hanging out. We played soccer in the front yard. I tore both my hamstrings that day. From that day forward, boom, just declined. I noticed my hips were didn't more stiff. My knees were bothering me. My back was definitely more stiff. I just wasn't able to tolerate a lot of things. That just seems to be the time frame at 40. And then that injury was just like the catalyst that started a cascade of events. So he's like, just don't stop trying to incorporate it in your life to maintain strength and tolerance and fitness capacity and mobility. I was like, okay, noted. There was a cardiovascular surgeon that I was, when we were doing our rotations and internships in the hospital, and he was a cool guy. He was a bro. All right. So he played sports in high school and then college, he played intramurals and through med school, he played intramurals too. And he was like, man, med school was tough because we were getting pounded with a bunch of stuff. So I definitely didn't really prioritize uh, my own health and fitness as I could have. And then after grad school, uh, after med school and residency, like, there's just no time because it's the most rigorous academic events in, anyone, in all of academic pursuits, in my opinion. But anyway, he's getting crushed. He can't really focus on his health and fitness and stuff. So afterwards, he, he finishes all this stuff, and now he's a physician. He has a little bit more time available to where he can um, focus on his own health and wellness. He's noticing his own decline. And he's like, he was telling me on the hospital floor one day, he wasn't looking too good. And he looked at me, he's like, Kyle, he's like, just don't stop, man. Just do, keep just keep plugging away and being consistent and appropriate with your training. And I was like, what do you mean? Tell me, tell me more. And he was like, I just don't feel like I used to. And I was like, when I was younger and it hits me harder and I'm not as, um, my stamina, my endurance is definitely lower. And my, my recovery process is up. My recovery length of time is definitely increased, unfortunately. And I'm like, when did you feel like that? He was like, 38. When I was 38, I used to be able to play, pick up basketball, back to back to back games, wake up the next day, um, do it again that night, drink, hang out with my friends. Next day felt fine. But now he's like, man, I don't feel like that anymore. And now that's when I was like, when? And he said 38 years old is when he started really feeling the significant dip. He's like, just don't stop being appropriate with your fitness and, and, and strength training, mobility training, and, and fitness capacity and just implement it appropriately in your life and just don't stop. That's the best way to maintain the best trajectory you can for longevity and limiting that event of happening of like, I feel not great 
and significantly different than I did 10 years, five years ago, whatever. So anyway, those are little anecdotes that I've heard that I'm trying to incorporate in my own life. And I'm like, man, I'm just trying to heed advice, people more wise and experienced than I am and incorporate it myself. And then relay that to my patients and my people that we work with for their own benefits. All right. Okay. Next thing. Um, with resistance training and why strength training is so great for people. Um, there's improved vascular O2 efficiency to deliver that uh, oxygen and nutrients to tissues for not just your musculoskeletal system, muscles and tendons and your bones, because uh, your bones are living too and they need blood flow just like anything else, by the way, um, and the bone marrow efficiency, but then also for other tissues like your cardiopulmonary system all right, and the brain. All right, Everything that makes you functional and, and have good sharpness and and um, systemic health, they benefit from efficient um, O2 and nutrients, O2 being oxygen, oxygen delivery and nutrient delivery. That gets more efficient and effective when you purposely challenge and stress your system through exercise, resistance training being one of those forms of exercise. So um, there's angiogenesis, vascular angiogenesis, and also resilience to the arterial wall pressures. The arteries are blood vessels that deliver, that carry the blood to tissues and all their pathways. And their resilience and tolerance to pressures against those arterial walls improves with purposefully stressing your system appropriately and then recovering. And then purposely stressing and uh, improving the tolerance and capacity for those through strength training and, and exercise and then recovery. That's called blood pressure. I'm not sure you guys were familiar with that. So your blood pressure efficiency and effectiveness and tolerance improves with exercise. Then increased blood pressure and less tolerance to that increases, or the, the blood pressure increases, unfortunately, with a more sedentary lifestyle. So your blood vessel and vascular tolerance to pressures and its regulation of those pressures improves when you purposefully stress the system through exercise. And resistance training and strength training are one of those things. All right, one of those forms of exercise. So, in bottom line, it improves your blood pressure. All right, and the vascular system and cardiopulmonary system efficiency. So, when I say cardiopulmonary system, what I mean is your heart and vascular system, and the efficiency of pumping, and then also your pulmonary system is your lungs. So, the marriage and relationship between your lungs and your heart system to um, fill the blood with oxygen and then deliver that oxygen through the blood vessels and, and cell red blood cells um, to the tissues that they go in, that they innervate, like your brain, your liver, your kidneys, um, your skin, um, and then the blood and heart, uh, the pulmonary system and the heart themselves, and then the, obviously the muscle system and skeletal system. So all that stuff gets improved and the efficiency improves and the tolerance and capacity improves when you purposefully stress those systems through exercise. Um, so anyway, these, this, these are key factors for life, all right? Um, another uh, talked about topic for strength training, all right, is it's gonna hurt my joints. So we hear that a lot. Like, oh, I don't wanna squat or do lunges or stairs or step ups, whatever, because I don't wanna hurt my knees, all right? I don't wanna break down my joints and my joint surfaces. That's been disproven, okay? There's a lot of controversy and topic about this, and it's the first thing I usually hear from people that are skeptical, like, wow, well, you know, I, my knees are great because I didn't run. I didn't run my whole life, or I didn't really exercise a lot, so I didn't squat, so my back is good. So if you exercise a lot, there's a life, there's a shelf life for your joints. That's been disproven, all right? 
Exercise and resistance training has been found through systematic reviews and research, all right, uh, double-blind uh, randomized controlled, controlled trials, okay, to improve um, articular cartilage, brilliancy, and integrity over a consistent amount of time of doing strength training, all right, resistance training, all right, intermittent compression, low load intermittent compression actually helps to improve um, the, art, the thickness, vibrance, and brilliance of articular cartilage. So on imaging, like an MRI, where they would view these, these soft tissue, these tissues for cartilage, um, the descriptions and vocabulary that they use is, is brilliance and vibrance, all right? And that's and the thickness, all right? And that's been shown to be improved with resistance training and strength training over a significant amount of time and, and um, maintaining the appropriate levels of stress to those, to those structures, okay? So when I say appropriate, what I mean is when um, the joint breakdown happens, degenerative changes and arthritic changes and increased signaling and increased stress and breakdown does occur with overuse and poor mechanics, okay? If you do poor mechanics and you apply that chronically with overuse over a long period of time, that's definitely been shown to increase degenerative changes and breakdown of joints and articular surfaces for sure. So what we're talking about is the appropriate mechanics, which is different for different people, um, and then also not doing too much load too fast, and then not overuse, all right? So there's purposeful planned break in times, purposeful planned recovery weeks or days, and not overtraining and not doing too much and not having poor mechanics. All those things combined, that's the recipe for joint breakdown and degenerative changes, okay? Like knee arthritis or hip arthritis, whatever. So eliminating that and limiting that as best as possible with professionals and getting consults and help and feedback on the best ways to improve that uh, those factors, which can be improved, by the way, those are controllable factors that you can, that you can fix and improve. Applying that over a long period of time actually improves and fortifies and solidifies articular uh, cartilage and also the subchondral bone. So it's just interesting. We can leverage that on purpose to maybe lower the risk of, our, of arthritic changes and degenerative changes or actually to get even more controversial. There have been studies to actually reverse and improve articular cartilage that is already degenerated and, and um, broken down and arthritic type changes. Okay, there's been there's been some evidence to suggest that. All right, there was a, a study um, that was performed on dogs. All right, on beagles, beagle dogs. This this study was almost like a, it was a nom it was a nomination for like a, a Nobel Prize. All right, so this study was studying um, a control group of, of dogs and an experimental group of dogs. Okay. They had this uh, control group of dogs um, born and raised in just uh, normal environments. They would just play and, and do typical dog things, right? They would have fun and play in a controlled environment. Okay, then the other experimental group of dogs, there was about a dozen of them in each group, okay? This other dozen dogs um, were the experimental motor group, and they had them wear a double their body weight weighted vest, and they would run 11 miles every day, all right, for seven to 10, seven years, on top of my head, I think it was seven years, okay? That's a lot, think about that. They ran 10, 10 miles for three days a week to four days a week, nonstop for, a let, for like 10 years, seven years. That's a, could you imagine that? Like you would think 
But with a double weighted vest and running that much volume, at the end of that, they'd be like just feeble, frail, limping, and just in extreme pain and breakdown. That was the purpose of the study to check this out. Okay, so at the end of those of that seven or eight year period, they on, this is where it gets ethical. They sacrificed the dogs and they opened up their knee joints. Okay, and they compared what the control group who didn't exercise compared to the weighted vest running group of dogs to see what their knee articular cartilage looked like in comparison. And this was mind blowing. The control group who didn't exercise and didn't have weighted vests and stuff, their articular cartilage in their knees was actually thinner and more brittle compared to the experimental group who had thicker, more vibrant articular cartilage in their knees, which was like mind-blowing. It was like, whoa, 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 hold on, wait a second. We would expect the experimental group to have like breakdown in arthritis. And in fact, they didn't, which is insane, right? So it's like, wait a second, can we apply that for our own health and joints? That was the purpose. Can we apply that for ourselves? And what are they suggesting? So the suggestion is that compressive forces like resistance training, compression through your joints on purpose in an appropriate way with good mechanics and not overtraining or volume actually improves the thickness of the articular cartilage and this underlying subchondral bone to improve and fortify and solidify the articular surfaces, improving your joints and bottom line is improving your joints. It's like, how is that? That's crazy, right? It just goes against conventional thought and somewhat controversial to say the least. But what they're the reason why and some of the mechanics of, of that the physiology is synovial fluid is the fluid lubrication fluid in your joints that delivers um, nutrients to the actual articular surfaces and that synovial fluid is um, produced more with movement okay the underlying synovium of your membranes of your of the uh, uh, joint capsules of all your articulating surfaces underneath that's called your synovium and that synovium produces synovial fluid. And it's triggered to create more synovial fluid if that synovium and joint capsule feel movement. All right, so it produces it. So we're like, we can leverage more synovial fluid then to be created in the joint. And then the compressive forces disperses and helps imbibe this nutrients into the articular cartilage with compressive forces in, in motion. So we're, we can leverage that on purpose, and it's just a matter of not doing it too aggressively, too fast, too much too fast, and too much volume with poor mechanics. That's what leads to breakdown and injury, but we're saying appropriate mechanics, appropriate load, not too much volume and not overtraining with planned recovery times. That helps to actually improve, according to the research, improve joint health and articular surface um, integrity. Crazy, right? Hit me up if you have any questions about this stuff. We could talk more, all right? So that's the the mo the most eye opening one that we've that we've we've been trying to advocate and or points that we're trying to bring up. Um, the other big benefit that comes with this with strength training is the endocrine response. So your hormones. All right, there's a there's an improved and enhanced hormonal profile with purposeful stress to the system with resistance training. Okay, and cardiovascular training too. We're going to talk about cardio another time, but this is just strength training and resistance training. So there's improved free testosterone, floating testosterone, hormonal profile, um, blood glucose levels, and amino acid profile that are improved within the blood flow or in the bloodstream, and then the free floating testosterone and hormonal presence. So the thing about this too, let's leverage the hormonal um, aspects that we can in improving that hormonal profile 
and the organs that produce and then release those hormones in your brain. All right, the pituitary gland, adrenal glands, and thyroid. And those guys, those glands and those, those tissues, those organs can be improved in their efficiency with this exercise and strain training. That's just what the research is suggesting. So if we appropriately, purposely stress the system, our bodies are resilient and really good at healing themselves and responding appropriately. The response actually causes improvements in endocrine profile. So that's another thing to consider too. The studies also that are, uh, that are finding um, t- free-floating testosterone and hormonal profile improvements that are enhanced, not only just with young men, but also with older men. Okay, so for young, from young and old men, older men, after like the sixth decade of life, even those that that's the the demographic that this particular study I'm talking about was was checking, they actually also found improved hormonal profiles for them too. Um, the last thing, so uh, these things, these two things go together. The other benefit that we can't neglect with strength training and resilience training, right, it's going to help your overall systematic system um, and, and uh, physique. Okay, and your body. So with increased muscle tissue and strength, your muscle strength is going to improve and your muscle size will increase, right, with staying on top of it consistently. That's going to improve the body fat percentage and lean muscle mass percentage in your body. The reason why that's important, not just for physique, right, that could be improved for physique and it looks like make you look more confident, right, in your own physique and, and losing body fat percentage. That's really what people want, right? Um, but the more muscle tissue you have in your body, the more metabolically efficient your body becomes. Your muscle tissue requires a lot of attention, right? And when you eat and consume food, your muscle tissue, if it's already inherently bigger than it was prior, it's going to recruit and, and utilize those nutrients on purpose just at rest. Okay. So you're going to become more metabolically efficient. And I heard another expert describe this as your body becomes like passive income. A passive income physique, the more muscular that you get, the less and less it takes to maintain your current physique. All right. So it's almost becomes like passive income. So it's like, man, we can leverage this then, right? The more muscular you get, and I think there's a threshold, in my opinion, there's a threshold and a, a line that can be crossed where it becomes detrimental to have excessive amounts of muscle tissue, then it's more stressful on your heart. All right. But improving it for active, normal people and moms and dads and stuff and athletes. Right? It's not becoming a, an excessive risk. Having more muscle tissue, your body becomes more thermic and it improves the metabolic efficiency and your muscle tissue just inherently will utilize all those uh, new, those calories that you take in, that you consume, just for their, just their current state. So you become more passive income or pa- passive income body that less is required to maintain its current state. So that could be, that's a better thing, right? Versus uh, somebody maybe who hasn't been training a lot, they're more sedentary lifestyle, they don't have as much muscle tissue as person A versus person B. The person with less muscle tissue, it's like if they don't eat right for like maybe a week, they really notice a difference. So like I gained a bunch of weight, like I'm, you know, I've noticed a difference. Versus somebody who's maybe a little bit more muscular and they've been training for a long time, their body uh, tolerance and um, efficiency is a lot more improved. So if they don't eat great for a little while, they're not going to feel it like, whoa, I'm like, I've noticed the difference. I've gained weight. I I feel more flabby, like whatever. Um, They're not going to feel it the same way. So you can leverage on a purpose and it becomes more easier to maintain your current state. So increased muscle tissue improves the thermic and metabolic efficiency in your body. 
um, body fat percentage decreases and then also insulin resistance is improved. All right. So you're enhancing the, your insulin resistance and blood glucose levels and then amino acid profile and that overall for systemic health and lower the risk of type 2 diabetes, congestive heart failure, um, high blood pressure, and then general heart health too. So all those are huge benefits that we can leverage on purpose by purposefully stressing our system and our body and our muscle tissue um, for all the benefits gained from that stuff with resistance training and strength training. Like I said, I want to harp on this again. It's just a matter of being appropriate, not overtraining, not too much volume, too much too fast, and poor mechanics. Apply that with overuse and just consistently that's what leads to breakdown and issues and stuff and overtraining and all the negatives that come with that. It's just a matter of being appropriate. So consulting with a professional that um, has been around in the game for a while of, of what's appropriate for each individual person, that's the best route to go in my opinion. And then the accountability component, that's one of the biggest benefits of um, having a trainer or a professional like ourselves, like um, holding your hand or at least walking you through all this stuff and being in your corner and your best advocate for this journey because it can't be done in one day, right? Um, soon we're going to have another person come on and we're talk about like there's no magic button, unfortunately, of like getting the improvements and the changes that you're looking for. This kind of stuff takes many, many weeks and months and going into it with the right mental um, approach and ask, and, and uh, mental expectations is, is the best way to stay consistent. And then even more so having an accountability partner that's going to keep you on track. All right. And the last when for goal, by the way, that goal setting, another, another, per, another topic we're going to talk about to reach these goals of improvements for body physique and health and fitness and improve muscular strength and muscular uh, density and, and bone mineral density, whatever, all those benefits. The best way to do that and reach those goals is writing down your goals and then having an accountability component with that too. It increases your percentage of reaching those goals by like 70 something percent or 76%. Last off the top of my head thinking about this. So anyway, um, accountability is huge. And of course, consulting professionals like ourselves is, is, is only going to make and improve the, the likelihood of being successful and then not um, being inappropriate with this stuff. So definitely reach out if you have any questions. You can reach us at team at athleterc.com. We, we, can, we can at least chat and talk more about um, what you're looking for. And if you've had any pain issues or discomfort that's limiting you from that in the first place of training, get back after it. And other people that we know in the, in the community that are professionals in this realm and this field too. So don't hesitate to reach out. We'd love to talk to you guys about this stuff. But anyway, um, I'm, I'm, I hope uh, this sheds some light on some of these topics and hopefully eliminated some confusion or some um, apprehensions with training and getting after it or strength training. Uh, but stay tuned next time. We're going to talk more about these particular subjects in the future too. Hey, hold up. As you know, we're a small local practice and we don't run any ads or sell anything on this podcast, but it would mean the world if you could share, write a post or word of mouth recommendation for somebody just like you that's athletic and active that wants to live their dynamic lifestyle and pay some good karma and pay it forward to somebody else just like you. And who knows, you could change their world and a 10 second review could be that avenue.